Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel. If you miss the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, now the microphone's all up in my grill here. Um, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's Sunday night, which means Sunday night teacher talk. There's a lot of things going on in the world of education right now. But um, one of the things I thought of the other day, I went to uh, I attended um, a football game at the school that I previously worked at. So they the boys, I just, you know, I just I want to. I have a couple of plans this year, although I don't I no longer support um, what that school has become. And I don't know if that's a it just became an unethical place for me to be. And my mission was no longer aligned with their mission. That being said, the boys, the students, I always care about. I always want to know what's going on. And so a bunch of students had been DMing me and then a couple of teachers that previously worked there as well. were going to the football game yesterday. So I go to the football game and as I was sitting there, I'm going to tell you this. I, even as a now football fan, opening day Eagles 2022 season, um, I realized that I'd never been to a football game. I worked in that school for 11 full years and I never, ever attended one football game. And when I was talking to my wife about it, because my wife's like, yeah, why, why didn't you? And I'm like, because we had little kids, we had babies, and then we started business and then we had kids and a business and it just didn't it just didn't work out like that. But I have been to every single play, uh, some plays, every single showing of the play. I've built sets for the play. I've attended every single musical performance or singing performance or band performance. Um, I've attended all kinds of Latin things. You know, if you really want to compare how many people can say they've been. No, it's like like that's like. Some of the weird stuff. I've gone away for weekends to Penn State University for Latin Kratomen competitions. I have, you know, it was like, think of all the stuff I did do, but that I have attended almost no sporting events. I think I went to one baseball game and I know I went to one basketball game. That's it. And so that made me start thinking like, there's this definite sense amongst educators that you can feel, uh, whether it's real or not, you can feel that you are obligated to attend like everything that when you're done school and there's a basketball game, I got to go. The kids got to know that I'm there. I have to support them. And then I'm going to the play and then I'm going to take my parents to the play the next night. And then I'm going to take my friends to the play the next night. And then I'm going to show up to the choir thing and the Latin thing and the Spanish thing and um, the Italian dinner extravaganza and whatever it is. It's like, it can be, there's so much that your school puts on that you start going to stuff more than like any parent does. And I think the trouble there is that that could be fun. It could be life-giving. It could be wonderful, but it can also be taxing. And it can also not allow you to have enough space from your work so that you can recharge, reset. And, you know, because even when you just go to stuff, you're kind of on, right? So like I walked in yesterday. I don't even walk, work at the school anymore. And my buddy Stu's working the gate and he's like, 
yo, I'm out of ones. Can you go see if someone has ones? Like, that's like the first thing that happened when I got there. I didn't even tell you that. <laughs> so I got to go try and find ones for Stu. Then I can't find them because he's trying to get, make change for people. So he goes, yo, go look for uh, go look for Joey. So I go look for Joey Dunn and I can't find him. He's out or then I find him. He's on the football field. So like I'm running around. I'm like, yo, I don't even work here anymore. And that just shows that like when you show up and you're at a play and some kids are acting up, you got to go take care of business, right? Like when you're at an event and they're like, oh, snap, there's not enough chairs. Oh, I got to set some chairs up. So it's just being mindful of how much you're putting yourself out there, how much stuff you're actually at, like engaging in, because it can lead it to burnout, even though it doesn't mean it. And students don't need to see you at every single thing. They're not even looking for you at every single thing. My students didn't even know I was there yesterday. And I didn't know who was on the field because no one has their name on the back of their jersey and everyone's got a helmet on. And then there was the one kid who was really short that I knew who he was. But uh, good job, Spellman. But um, everybody else, I, I couldn't tell anyway. So just, you know, that's how I'm rolling with this sort of situation. Uh, I think it could benefit you too. And, and that's what we're entering in with today. So look, gang, this is Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This is a safe space for you to explore and express who you are, how you think and how you feel. As an educator, you can put anything that you want to in the chat. We'll answer any question. And if someone else asks a question and you feel like you can add a little like sprinkle a little magic on it, then do it. We're here as a communal activity, right? Here we go. What's the irony of this? Teaching is a communal activity. And so that that's that's what we're rolling with today. You got some questions for me? I do. You well, ready? Let's go, buddy. How are you, co-host? I'm good. I'm good. Um, Just, you know, doing my co-host thing over here. Is the dog our official other co-host? Because he just lays back here yes. the whole time and yes. licks himself? He's okay. always... <laughs> Poor dog, all his allergies. All right. Our first question uh, up is from Mallory. She's asking, I started the year late due to coming back from maternity leave, and I am really struggling. Camp team to balance time to juggle getting things done, and I am finding it hard to connect to my students because I'm constantly thinking about my new baby. Any suggestions on making this new transition easier? Can I, can I ask you if you have any advice to that? Because you... I mean, I'm a mama, but I'll tell you, and I did a working mom for a stint, um, but when our kids were little, when our kids were little, I stayed home, right? So I'm not so sure. And I thought about, about this. Like, I see your, the workload that you go through and you have everything done for you at home. Like, you come home and you don't have to worry about laundry. You don't have to worry about dishes. You don't have to worry about making people anything. Now, you care and love on our kids and spend time with them and, and do a bunch of things around the house and whatnot that I might ask you or participate in any way or yeah. schoolwork or whatever, but I can't imagine these, the women and look, teaching is mostly women, right? Let's be honest. I think it's like a stat is around 80% or something. I don't know what the official stat is, but yeah. I'd be interested to, to find that out, but it's a, a woman heavy profession. And then they come home and they have to still some of them mom and do all the other things or side hustles or who knows what else they do. Like, yeah. but it's, it's heavy. And so to say all that, I'm not really, I'm not so sure. I think you have to just try and compartmentalize, I would think, as best possible. Like, really, really schedule yourself heavy, and I'm doing this, and I'm only doing this at this time. So you can yep. be as efficient and effective as possible, but then you just have to do your best and know that the job is never done. Both of them are never done. Momhood is never done. Uh, being a parent is never done. Things are always left undone. And so is, um, I think teaching. So I'm not, I'm not really so sure. I think we just have to 
do the best that we can and and keep going and growing. I think um, I remember when I was doing like the not so single dad thing mm-hmm. um, that Let's let's explain that for people. I was working and I was working um, like private home care, CNA, and my shifts were really long. They were all 12 hour shifts, like a nurse shift. And sometimes sometimes I would do doubles and triples. Yeah. Um, And we took it when we had the ability to do that. And so CJ would be alone a lot (laughs) sometimes. Yes. And mostly it was on the weekends. I worked weekends and so we didn't really see each other a whole lot. It was Coming home from school, picking kids up, making dinner, hanging out with everyone because they were mm-hmm. still little, making sure everyone got a bath and everything like that, putting them to bed and then being on call at night, which was usually your job um, because you could like had that ability. And I also can't fall back asleep once I wake up in the middle of the night. So it was like taking care of kids in the middle of the night if necessary. And so I just remember how difficult that was. I- I'd say a couple of things in this, Mallory, and th- I realize that I'm a guy and that like I don't. I don't fully understand or know like what you might be going through. Um, But I would say two things. One, be really careful of what you think should be or is in your mind maybe expected of what it means to be a mom and a teacher. That I think that there are a lot of like unfounded expectations that people are like, you know, I just remember like when my grandma would come over and and my grandma would be like, like she'd be like, uh, What'd you do today? And I'm like, I like wiped down all the baseboards. And she was like, what? Like, why isn't, why isn't your wife you doing that? Like, she's so yeah. old school. And she was just like, no, why is your wife doing that? Like, why, what, why are you cooking dinner? Why are you um, vacuuming? And so I think that in certain cases, there are, there's like this, there's this tie over of like what you are supposed to be doing as a wife and mother. And I would really look at some of that stuff and see, is there anything, I mean, I don't know that, that if you have the income, but because um, depending on where you teach and, and I don't know, there's a lot of things. I'm not trying to say that like that could come off weird, whatever. Go with the good, please. <laughs> and so um, if you can do like a Hello Fresh or something like that, right, where your meals are getting delivered to your house and then you're just cooking them. So you're cutting out shopping. Can you. Um, I just want to say these are things we're like actively working out in our own life because as much as I'm still home, I'm homeschooling and I'm, you know, caring. I'm the primary care of our home and kids and all of that sort of stuff. Homeschooling one kid, um, mentally caring for another child as she's entering back into public school, running a business. So we've talked about recently, like, could we get a housekeeper every other week? Um, And that I think there's a stress there because you, you feel like you're, you know, like. I don't come from that world. I come from blue collar, pull up your bootstraps and get stuff done. You don't have yeah. to hire somebody else to do it for you. But what I'm realizing now is I can't operate on the level that I need to operate on if I'm not getting some of this stuff done. So it's just worth a conversation to sit down and think about what are some expectations I might be putting on myself or that society might be putting on me that I can offload because they're nonsense. The other thing is, I think when I started doing, I just thought of this, the not so single dad thing which really just means my wife was working and i just like to refer to myself as a not so single dad but i like, just want to know you can find a um, really hilarious video on youtube <gasps> you did i did because oh, marley's marley in it marley requested oh, that shucks. when she go back to school that i take down any old videos with yeah. her in it because she didn't want people looking her up oh shoot Never mind. um <laughs> so you know if you want to see it send you know send me an email i'll send you the link to it. i still <laughs> it's, it's all still on youtube but uh it's just private the other thing is 
how can you optimize? And I think this is about the time that I started dialing in and thinking like, how can I make my class so rhythmic that every day I come in, every week I plan, I'm doing that same thing. Um, and it doesn't, it's not boring. It's just like, it's a rhythm. It's we're planning the rhythm, right? The set list for the class. And that changed a lot of things because then I wasn't just starting from nothing. It was like, all right, we have a basic idea of what we are going to do. And then I just have to input things. And if you can find things, purchase things, use stuff that other people have for that to at least give you the, the core basics, right? You can say like meat, potatoes, vegetable, right? Like you just get that from someone else and then you sprinkle your magic on it, right? So I think those are two things that I would consider doing in this time and space. I mean, and that's really for anyone that's like, just feels overly busy because I mean, look, Mallory, I don't know if this is your first kid or not. And this is the last thing I'll say about this, but, um, and everyone's going to tell you this, but that time goes so fast. I mean, I swear when I sit at my computer and like, we have it set up so that the, um, screensavers, like all the old pictures from the last, however many years it is like, where are my babies? Like oh, it, it makes me emotional hard. sometimes mm-hmm. where I'm like, you know, hey guys, you want to go hang out? No, I'm playing online with my friends. I'm like, okay, I'll just that day will just be over here. Do you want to go make mud pies? In the, no, we're doing something already. Okay, all right. I asked Mark. I go, um, is it too weird if I ask if I, you know, we just like rode bikes to school every day? And she's like, um, you can do it tomorrow, but I don't want you to do it every day. And I'm like, all right. Do you have any friends that maybe need somebody to ride a bike? <laughs> like I'm just, it goes really fast. So. Uh, I think bottom line is really protect your peace and no yep. one, what you need is what you need and no one can, yep. you no and one can tell first. you. Yeah, absolutely. And can your students your gut. will benefit from that. Yes. When absolutely. you have peace in your life at home, it radiates yes. into your classroom every time. Yep. All right. Our next question is coming from Summer. I think it's a two-parter. Um, she's saying, one of the teachers on my team, eighth history, is not teaching. Admin is worried our test scores will be awful, awful. So all of his kids are being split between four teachers for daily tutoring during study hall and folks are pissed how do i stay out of the drama and would you do the tutoring and pick up the slack it's a class period no (laughs) no like i feel for kids but here's here's what i'm learning is that um our my my week back last week into like full week of like um our daughter going to school and us homeschooling our son right we didn't get into as much school stuff because it was a new rhythm. We're trying to like, re- like we literally sat down today and talked about like, what's the rhythm of the week going to look like and stuff. Um, And I'm new to this. Like I'm usually like at school, like I'm not here teaching my own kid. So I felt a little bit bad. I don't know if you were feeling this at all, but like that we didn't get as much into stuff with Brody as, as I would have liked. Oh, but yeah. then when I looked at what Marley was doing at school and I really thought about, it, I was like, you didn't do anything yet anyway. <laughs> like, like I heard you came home every day and told me what you did. You didn't even get through that much. We overemphasize sometimes how much we can get done in a certain time amount of time at school. And so um, I, I was doing that. I would not pick up someone else's slack. If someone can't do the job, the admin needs to either train that person, get that person some help, 
but like not put it on other teachers. That's that's a terrible idea. Or let them right? go. Like if they can't, like yeah. I mean, and but they shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't have even been hired that. if they. That's can't. not true. <laughs> One, there's a teacher shortage, right? I would say. Yeah, but if you if you can't if you're gonna hire someone and then you can't either train them or support them, you, like I'll tell you what, babe. I've been in some. I I've mean, been in some interviews that though that where happens, people seem but. like they had it on lock and then they just didn't. Like okay. they presented. Like one woman said she had a doctorate one time. And she wrote a book. And it turns out she had neither. It was on a resume. I don't know if there's a way to fact check that kind of stuff. But, like, she got the job and, like, she didn't have either one of those things. And I was like, oh, all right. Um, So, or someone named their kid doctor. I don't know. Maybe that was it. But, you know, when that sort of thing happens, I just think that it's like, no, we need to, like, can we help that person get better at their job so they can do it? Yes, I'm 100% into that. I'm 100% sitting down with you every day, looking at your lesson plans. I'll give up a prep for that um, to help make the team stronger. But we know if just because someone sucks at center field doesn't mean that the right field and the left field should be like, it's all right. We'll just run to the center if we have to. Like, there's just no chance. <laughs> right. And so what are we paying that person for? And I, if I was going to do it, I want it, I would literally divide up how much that person is making for that class for the year. And I'd say, I will do it for this much money because otherwise I'm not just out here for charity, right? I'm doing the good work, but the good work that I'm able to do requires me to have the entire day to be able to do it. I need preps. Preps aren't just breaks. I'm not just chilling. I'm not taking a nap in my room. Um, I am preparing myself mentally and, and physically for the next class, the next week, the next whatever. So to me, it's, it is the school getting behind that. So I wouldn't do it. Now, look, do the kids suffer? Yes. But if we cared that much about the kids, we'd hire someone else. We'd hire help. We'd hire an aide. We'd hire a consultant um, to do that. So I'll tell you what, my kids' local school, um, I know that some teachers are struggling there. I've heard about it. And so I went and I made arrangements and I volunteered my time that I will go to the school for a certain amount of time um, every week. And work with new teachers if needed to just help coach them through the first year and help them like get classroom management seems to be what the number one thing is that they're struggling with. But um, that but it's like to have your school find somebody call have them call me. I'll you know I'll hook I'll come out to wherever Summer Hayward lives. I forget. But um, you know how far could it be? It's in the U.S. So um, yeah. I mean, but I that's that's kind of my take on that. So what what would be the advice to stay out of drama? How do you stay out of drama with people when that's happening in a in the school? In the I community? stay out of drama always by just going, yeah, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm just like, I'm not even having the conversation because I'm not affected by it. So when the school, when our school last year, they had a number of teachers that left like like so many people just kept quitting and quitting and quitting mm -hmm. you remember this and they gave us all coverages and i had coverages every day so during one of my preps they just all of a sudden be like you're teaching first period you have to teach math or you have to do this you have to do this and it got to the point where i went to the office and said listen i don't know what the problem is but y'all need to hire some people i'm i will give you one coverage a week that is all i'm doing i will if you cover me other if you tell me to go to other classes please know that I will not go. So when I covered on a Monday, first period, and then Tuesday, I got sent a coverage email. I just kindly replied all to the person that set it up and to the principal and the vice principal and the CEO at the time. Um, hey, there must have been a mistake. I had a coverage yesterday. I no longer do multiple coverages in a week. I will do one a week. 
um, please make sure that you assign someone else. Because what we found out was that they weren't assigning them to everyone, that there were teachers that they had a private conversation that they didn't think could hold down a class. So those of us that they did think could, they gave it to us. And then it was me just tell it, look, people treat you the way they teach the way you teach them, teach them to treat you. So I've got called into the office for like the 50th time that year and was told that I had to do. It. And I said, I am unsure how this works because my contract doesn't dictate that I'm already giving up for free. One of my preps to help students in a subject matter that I don't even know anything about. Um, but I will not do this. And I didn't do it for the rest of the year. And then, then when everyone would talk about it, it became like a, oh, and Reynolds doesn't even have to do it. It's like, no, because I told them y'all can do the same thing. Like, let's do it together if you want to do it together. But yeah. um, so, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard one. It is. Because you is. really have to draw a line in the sand, I think, when for all of it, it's just boundaries is what it is. It's not being mean, but it's setting up boundaries. It is. And it's it's that's a hard thing to execute. It's a hard thing to get used to. But yes. you start doing it in minimum ways. But I and think that I, takes I mean, a little, I could have a whole video about things I just did, chose not to do. I also do. think that takes a bit of self-reflection. Ability to look at yourself when you can't do that and say, okay, why can't I do this? And how do I get better doing yeah. it? It's like a step process. You have to like work through it to even get up yeah. to it. It's hard. Now, um, look, I, let me just say this real quick. If students were failing those classes and they needed help summer and they were like, Reynolds, can I come see you after school or, or sit with you during lunch? hundred percent. I'm there for you. I will do that. Right. Cause it's always, you're always there for students. It's always only ever about kids, but I can only teach if I have the time to get ready for my classes. And I have a lot of prep because I do a lot of crazy, weird stuff. So it's like in that, in thinking of that, it's like we, if you want to come in after school or during lunch, that's free time for me anywhere. I'm just chilling with kids anywhere or before school, even like I'm down with that. But if to make it some kind of official thing, it's like, no, because I'm down to help anybody. Well, it's interesting anything. to me that shows how you separate the politics of that versus yeah. like the actual students, because it's yeah. not about the students. I love the students and I want to help them and always. But be then with I don't them. have but to have the it's conversation. It's not at the mercy of like just being expected to do everything no. and anything that everybody if asks. We're not admin. doing anything about it. I'm not have, willing to have the conversation. I'll talk crap all day if we're if we're organizing and we're going to implement and take care of something to help someone to lift someone up, to to stand up against something. I'm all about that. But yeah. not if it's like someone can't do their job and now I have to pick up a friggin' extra class or something like that. Yeah, it's like, no. Yeah. All right. Next question. All right. How to deal with pupils who refuse to learn? <sighs> um. Oh, I love that profile picture. There's, that's a beautiful profile picture. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of ways to do this. I think the first thing is you got to get some background information on a student, right? Like, and not just the IEP and the 504. This requires calling home. And I've talked about this a gazillion times, but it's um, really finding out from parents, like what has worked in the past and what hasn't worked in the past for that student. Um, and then asking a parent, like, is there anything else I should know about your kid to help me be the best teacher that I can this year for them? And sometimes parents will unpack a number of things. And if you find out that a student is dealing with some level of trauma, that they are dealing with level of anxiety, with mental health issues, with anything that might um, kind of gum up the works as it regards to like a regular school day, then that's just going to put you on to some stuff that you didn't know before. Once you know that, when you once you know, now you know. And now you can like, you can do, you can, you can plan 
and engage with that student in, in, a, uh, in a better way. I think the other thing is getting kids to realize why they're doing whatever they're doing. Telling kids it's on the test or that they have to do or, or that school's really, really, really important is just not good enough. That we have to really open it up and have kids understand why what we are learning right now, how I'm teaching this, what this is going to do in your life leads to something. Now, look, some kids you can have that conversation with and they'll just buy it. Other kids, like when I talk to my daughter about this stuff, she has so, first of all, she is so sarcastic in the most wonderful way. Oh, she's just like her dad. But she is really good. We've just talked, <laughs> taught our kids like how to have an argument. And so she'll be like, well, what about this? And what about, what if I'm going to do this? And what about this? And she, the other she night she was a lot. doing it. And I was like, <laughs> I wouldn't say she wins, but she definitely makes me pause for the cause and go. Yes. You got me. Like, I, I even if to, she gets me, I, I still need go, to sit mm, with that I'm one mom for and a I moment. get to decide. <laughs> um, yeah, you can absolutely pull the mom yeah. and dad card, but it is like that kind of thing of like getting them to believe because everyone wants to be successful, right? Everybody wants a successful life. No one goes, I want the most okayest life I could have, right? Everyone wants to have a great life, but it is getting a vision. For what is great to you? What do you want your life to look like? And not just what kind of car you want to drive. I want to live in this house. I want to play for the NFL. Like, why? Like, why do you want to make a lot of money? Like, I'm going to push you on it until you give me an answer. Because my mom works two jobs and I don't want her to have to work anymore. Because I want to help my dad pay off this debt. Because I want to help my brother open a barber shop. Because I want to give my little brothers and sisters a place to go when they can just crash at my pad when things aren't so good at home. I want to be able to move my little sister into college when she goes to college in several years and like buy her all the stuff, take her shopping, get her all the gear, like have her set when she goes. Like I want to in, like create better playgrounds in my neighborhood, whatever it is, like you have to have this why you have to have this, this goal, this reason that you're doing what you're doing. And then once you have that, then school just becomes a game. Then it's like, I don't care if you don't like algebra. Who cares if you don't like algebra, right? It's part of the game. Are you letting algebra get in the way of your mom having her house paid off? Are you letting algebra get in the way of your little sister either going to school with everything she needs or is she going to have to go into credit card debt buying all this stuff up because you weren't able to, to, to step up and, and be a real big brother to her? And so it's, or, or sister, um, <clears throat> but it's like, Getting kids attached to that, because once you do that, what you're doing is you're like hooking their emotions, right? Not just their mind. You're hooking it into their emotions. You're grabbing them by the heart and not literally because that would be disgusting. But like you're you, you are that's so dumb. Sometimes I'm so <laughs> dumb. I can't even stand it. Um, like, I just like I say that stuff and I'm like, that's you so do. Dumb. this is CJ for real. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I would begin that connection point. The last thing I would do is really talk to your staff everyone's got to rally around the students that like really, really need it, whether that's just emotional support, whether that's support with regards to like their, their academics or with home or with clothes or with deodorant. It's like, get a group together, get, sit around and go, all right, what, not just complain, what are we going to do to help this person win? And then you'd be surprised when you have, you know, it's that many hands make light work, like how much, capacity that creates when there's many people engaged in helping the same student or group of students to, to do better. 
Okay, can you help me with the pronunciation of this person's name? She has said it before, which makes me mad that I can't remember it. Miss Gill? Oh, yes, exactly. (laughs) Okay, she is asking, I'm getting frustrated with my high schoolers not listening. I'll stop everything, get their attention, tell them what what we're doing, and within 10 minutes, I have someone coming up to me asking uh, what we're doing. Is this just how it is? Help. (laughs) What's the stat of the attention span lately for kids? I read that the attention span for young people right now is between two and 15 seconds, (laughs) right? Which folks are so mind blown by, but it's like, this is the Vine TikTok generation. Oh, I know, right? Reels, like, but that's what everybody's doing now. So it's like, don't just pretend that it's affecting just kids. Everybody, when I'm on TikTok, how many adults watch TikTok and Reels? In like 1.3 seconds, I'm flipping it. Even a title, like if I'm reading an article, if you don't have me in like the first like 30 to 60 seconds with like your opener, like I'm like, eh. Yep, that's what it is. (laughs) So, all right, so... um. There's a couple of ways around this. Um, We're actually going to put on a workshop. This is a good time to mention this now anyway. Saturday, September 24th. Am I saying it right? That's Saturday, right? Uh, I don't know. Saturday, September 24th um, at 11 a.m. We're going to do a a lesson planning workshop, right? It's lesson planning 101. (laughs) I can't possibly go through every conceivable uh, lesson planning sort of thing, but 75 <clears throat> comments on that post that you put in the group for regarding, um, you like mean, questions regarding lesson planning. There was 75 comments. I was like, Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> it, it just was, keeps growing. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. Um, so the idea here is we're going to talk about things like differentiation, how to create, how to, how to match your creativity with your curriculum. Cause I think that that's hard. Sometimes people have a hard time doing that, how to be creative, um, how to uh, how to plan it all out, like how to get all this stuff that you're required to teach in a year and fit it into a week, a unit and a year to cover all your bases and get all the stuff done. So that's just a few of the things we're going to talk about. We're going to have a later workshop, I think about like a week or two later um, on student engagement. And so this is this. So that's where we're at with it. Are you, what's going on over there? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I read her comment about how to pronounce her name and it's a Lee. And I'm just like, oh my God, that doesn't even compute with my brain on how it's spelled. Well, you know, it's like, just, you're, when, well, you're the one who asked, but I'm silently, I'm silently doing it because I didn't want to say it. You live a P.O. Box <laughs> dyslexia. It's like when the whole house is like, vowels. <laughs> Which is why I smacked my forehead because I'm just like, ah, that one doesn't even yeah. make sense in my brain. <laughs> um, so I would say, one, minimize the amount that you actually have to say. Um, can you put it into so one of the things I've done, especially when we use Schoology, and I'm sure there are other sites that can do the same thing, but that's what our school used. Uh, I would record the directions. I'd write them and record them. Someone asked me what to do. It's right in Schoology. Just look it up like or listen to it again. You can listen to it at your leisure. Some kids ask a thousand times like what you're going to do that day because they weren't paying attention. And some kids do it because it didn't compute in their head that there's a processing that is taking longer. And so you know, I, one of my mentors told me this leaders are repeaters. And so the amount of stuff that you have to say again and again and again, but what you don't want to do is unless you know, someone's a hundred percent just screwing around and they weren't paying attention to listening to directions, in which case I don't tell them the directions. I tell them to go find out from someone else. Cause you weren't listening because I saw you, I saw you not paying attention to me. You were on your phone. I, t- I was just checking my Instagram. Yeah. Okay. I know. 
go find out from someone else. The train has already left the station. Um, but if you're not 100% sure, what you don't want to do is have a student that struggles with anxiety, with processing or, or whatever else, feel like they can't come and ask you. Like, feel like they're stupid or they're dumb or that, like, damn it, like, you know, they weren't ready for it. And, and you just don't, you want to stay away from that because what you want to do is promote students coming up to you. That being said, it's minimizing then the amount that I say in any given class. And, um, you know, it's sometimes it's like putting like things like timers on uh, and stuff like that, telling kids that they only have a certain amount of time or showing kids they only have a certain amount of time. Um, then moving them to the next station, moving them to the next activity. That's going to create some urgency for students. Uh, sometimes it's putting kids in groups and helping them. But I'll say one of the things that helped me the best last year was, and I'm looking around like I have one here. Uh, I just bought a foam core board from the dollar store, or you could use an erasable board if you want to. And every day I just wrote on there what we were going to do. Um, I just found these things because I've been making signs for my daughter every day when she comes home from school on foam core board, I found uh, dry erase markers that are 15 millimeters. So the size oh, of the like nice a, size, a magnum. Cause when I do it, when I do, I use a magnum Sharpie. So it's like this nice big chiseled tip on it. And uh, I found a dry erase version of that. So get a dry erase board and just put it up in the hallway. Like this is what we are working on today. Right. Um, and then when the kids come in, they know what you're doing. Or if you're Uber planned, I think of, I think if you're super duper planned, I would be a Google slide person. I would have them like templates made and just it's be one of like, my things I'm going to talk about. Lesson yeah. planning. I have a template. I have a slide for every single day. It tells you exactly what we're doing. And then on the for every slide, it's like a basic breakdown of what you should be doing right now and how long you have to do it. It's very simple. I only use black and white. I don't pull cute pictures onto it. It's uh, another mentor told me it's better to be uh, clear than clever. And so I it's really hard. My... A lot of I've seen, at least on Instagram and stuff, I see a lot of like cutesy cursive. And that's so hard for kids with like dyslexia. It's something that's to think like, about. It's really hard for a lot of kids who when I like, write in cursive, I'm telling you, like almost none of my students. Sometimes cursive is actually helpful for some dyslexic students. It goes either way. Yeah. But anyway, it, and it's not just them. I just think it just clear is better than clever. I think that sums it up really nice. Okay. Hit it. All right. Our next question is coming from Raylene. She's asking, how do you get students into writing? I, you know, I think one of the things Raylene is that I have students journal every single day. And the reason I have them journal, because I have to have a why for every single thing that I do is that I want you to understand that your story is important and that I want you to be able to explain your story clearly, concisely, um, and with, I don't want anyone to question what you're saying. I want you to sound like like you know what you're talking about. The other thing is when students do that, so then when we share journals, a lot of times students will just not read. They'll just tell you the story instead of read the story. So I make them either read what they have or they have to trade with a friend and that friend reads what they have. So now when your words are put into the hands of someone else, now it creates a moment where like, if you weren't clear, they're just going to read the words you have. So it, it benefits you to be clear, to take your time, to look at things like punctuation, capitalization, um, all the basics. And that helps a lot too. But, you know, I, I will say this, that I never was particularly into writing. Right? I, I was an English major in high school or in college rather because I wanted, I loved reading, but not because I loved writing. Um, but 
that skill was, even though it was something I didn't care for now, I am so glad that I learned it. Like one of my most impactful classes I ever took in college was a class about diagramming sentences. That was all the woman that taught me wrote the textbook that like tons of other schools used on this oh, subject. She did? Yeah. I remember you kind of hated that. I it was really it difficult for we you. We would diagram these sentences. I know. It there was papers, nuts. take the papers, take the papers. <laughs> and it was like, because you couldn't fit it all on. There was the most. I remember I was like, thing. what the heck are you doing? When I tell you, when I wrote my book, how I. That came into play for things you? Things I was doing, I'm like, I still think I'm like, nope, this is how they taught us. This is what they said. This is where this word goes here. And this doesn't make sense this way. It made writing make sense to mm. me. And like a whole lot of other things in my life, I didn't really want to do it now. Like I know my son hates going to the gym three days a week right now, but I know it's going to benefit him. And I know he's going to love it later. I know that he hates that his mom makes him eat organic stuff all the time. And like everything is like talking oh, about. Or he hates our writing program that we're going to start, which is interesting because you're talking about writing and in that program that we're using. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it because we did not do it over the summer. Um, but I can figure it out if anybody wants to know. But the writing program that we did use for homeschool, at least, it breaks it down into really small chunks and it's really formulaic like that. So it goes back really far into like sentence structure and like all of that. Yeah. And I think it's he hates it and it's really, really boring, or at least he finds it to be boring, although they they make it very simplistic in the book and easy yeah. to do. Um, but I think it's really beneficial because if we can get those to stick, it's going to help with the creative writing process that comes next in the in the, the other thing that we could do with brody and i think folks could do with their students is like oh, are we brainstorming right now yeah when you're <laughs> done doing learning what you're learning can there be a real world application for it yes. can you write an op-ed can you write mm. a fan letter can you write um like a really thoughtful comment on youtube like you know something that you are hoping is going to get traction that the person that created the content is going to see right yeah it's can you use what you learned for a fan for something letter? Like that's, even. Yeah, that, I said that already. Oh, you did? Sorry. Um, yeah, rewind the video. Uh, uh, okay. 10 seconds. And <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question. Our next question is coming from Maisha. Yay. Uh, she says, hello, CJ and Jenna. Hello. I've missed being online, but I do catch the replay on Spotify. Will you be making a why did I leave the classroom video in the distant future? Yeah. This is such a great question. This is a good question. My We've shit. tossed back and forth about that. I've, I've, I've made that video four, maybe five times already. Then the summer came and then I was like, do I say something? Do I not say something? Like, is this going to like, what, what are the ramifications of this? Like, I don't want people to leave education because I like, you know, you start thinking this stuff. It's like, and so I am, um, but it's really me figuring out, like it, it will happen in the very near future, but it's me really thinking about like, how do I want to say this? It was also, I think it was good for me to take the summer because what I wanted to do was like, get real clear on like why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. Like why did I leave the classroom Although my school became a hot mess of disaster, um, you know, through I, I go to the spiritual director that I that I see. Um, and so one of the things my spiritual director was saying was that sometimes God creates uh, holy discontent. Right. So it's like making something so wildly uncomfortable that you have no choice but to, like, go do the thing that God is calling you to do next. 
school was very safe. I could have wrote it out. I could have done it for the rest of my life thinking like fulfilled. I won't say completely fulfilled, but like being fulfilled, but knowing that God was calling me to something else. And for me, just am like a spiritual Jesus-y person. Um, it is going with God and, and what is called to next, right? So I wanted to separate that from like the trauma of the last two school years and mm. like how, like, because I don't want to pull that into it. I don't want to talk about like, like how, like what happened. If you meet me at a bar sometime or at a coffee shop, I don't mind talking about it, but saying it online, um, that doesn't feel like something I'm, I'm called to do. So, but I, I needed a moment to like separate those two things because it got so it was like, it was, it was so traumatic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes, that will be happening. All right. Keep an eye on your mail too, miss. I, uh, we got some for you. We got some for you. All right. Sean is asking, um, so I looked at my schedule and it appears my student teaching is going to fall on the last semester of 2024. Is that going to be a rough time of year to do my student teaching? So, you know, that's a good question. I I did mine in the beginning of the year and I really liked that. But, um, you know, I here's here's what I think, Sean, when things like this happen, um, we just don't know. You don't know what kind of students you're going to get, what kind of school you're going to be in, who your supporting teacher is going to be, who the people that are a part of your college or university and that are supporting you are going to be. Um, maybe they suck, all of them. Maybe they're awesome, all of them. You don't know. What you know is that, Sean, who do you need to become to conquer that that situation anyway? How, who are you that like, you know, my pastor talked about one time. He said, when you know, you're st- when you know what you know, like it's it's uh, you know, he would say when it's in your bag, um, there's a certain swagger you walk with. Right. Like so if someone asked me to fix their plumbing, I, there's no swagger going on walking into that room trying <laughs> to fix a pipe like I, I can do a little plumbing. It's usually a little bit messy and like it's put together with spit in a prayer. But like but when you are in the know about anything, right? There's a certain confidence you get in talking about that stuff. And so how can you be so good, as Steve Martin says, that they can't ignore you? So how do you try to start now, like thinking about lessons, getting in touch with kids, learning how to break the ice, learning how to walk into a room and own it? Like, how do you get become the person that can, who, who cares if they drop you off in the last two weeks of June and there's two weeks of school left and finals are already done. Like how are you going to get kids to do stuff? Cause it's going to be so awesome. No one can ignore it. I think that that's the mindset you want to start. Like, cause you have several years, you need to become the person that can handle that situation. And that's how I would look at that. Absolutely. That was my shortest answer of the day. I know way to go. Uh, all right, Laura's up next, and she's saying, hello, CJ, not-so-secret wife. Hope you are well. CJ, are you having any pangs of regret about not being in the classroom? Anything that you really miss? Um, I will say no. Uh, no not that anyth- There's stuff that I miss. I'll get to that. So first question first, do I have any feelings of regret? I do not have any. As a matter of fact, when school went back this year, I just felt um, there are certain points in my life Laura, where like I knew exactly what the next move was. Like it was so clear to me. Like it was like I wasn't trying to figure it out and, and stuff like that. Um, when I wanted to become a teacher, 
I knew, I knew it instantaneously. As soon as somebody said that, it was like, bam, light bulb went off in my head. It was like, it was like I was trying to open a combination lock and it clicked the right uh, timber or whatever the hell's going on in a lock. Uh, when I knew that I wanted to marry the not so secret wife, it was immediately like I knew, like I was reading a book, sitting on the steps in my apartment and it hit me and I thought, why haven't I done this yes, yet? Like, of course I want to do this. And there was no nervousness the whole time. When I knew that I wanted to have kids, when I knew when I wanted to live in the neighborhood that I lived in, like all these things, this is one of those moments where I just know wholeheartedly that this is what I'm meant to do full time now to help teachers. And on a level where like, I can't, like I was at the football game yesterday and there was a young woman there that I heard was having a hard time in the classroom. She was new to my previous school uh, or my former school. And like, it was really hard for me not to go and sit next to her and be like, Hey, how you doing? My name's CJ. Like I heard you're teaching um, now. I'm like, how's the year going? And like, cause I knew that it would come out if I, if I, if I poked the bear, it was going to like, it was going to, all the stuff would come out, but I was not there for that reason. I was there to support my students. I was there to see former colleagues. Um, so if I see that young woman again, I will absolutely say something, but like, it's, it's what I want to do like all the time and stuff. So that's one, anything that I miss, you know, I miss seeing students all the time. I have kids DMing me all the time. I miss the camaraderie, the fooling around, the silliness, the like getting like, I'm like, I didn't get to hear what everyone did this summer. I didn't get to hear, are they excited this year? What's going on in their lives? So, but that what I'm doing is creating moments to scratch my own itch. So this week we're going to create something, uh, Pennsylvania has a Renaissance fair. It took my students to the Renaissance fair last year in Jersey. This is the big Renaissance fair. And so I want to not only plan it, but have like costumes and like all the stuff dialed in. I'm going to get someone from the school to schedule it and do like all the paperwork. And then I'll just meet them there with the stuff and then like have this whole experience. We're doing that with a lot of stuff with speakers this year, with events, with uh, like opportunities for students. So I'm trying to scratch my own itch in that capacity too, because I do have all these connects now from over the years that I'd hate to go to waste. So I'm just going to kind of try to bless kids in that capacity this year as well. All right. Our next question is, I start my first full year tomorrow and immediately get a class of kids who will graduate this year. Do you have any tips on how to approach that? Love what you do. Greetings from Germany. Oh, Germany. That's uh, my... What my grandmom, so my grandmom was German, but her best friend, Lori Hanalor was, uh, is from Germany and came over here after the second world war where her, yeah. she met her husband. He was there fighting and then came home with the wife and, and she is fantastic. Anyway, I don't know why I just told that story, but I thought of it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think it's meeting your kids where they are and bringing them up to where they need to be. But meeting them where they are requires you to learn who they are. What are they about? I would, on the first day of, of teaching students about to graduate, have them write a letter to themselves in the beginning of the year. What do you think this year is going to be like? And what are your hopes and dreams um, for the end of the year? Are you going off to a college or university? Are you going off to work somewhere? Are you like, what, what's your plans? And then handing that letter back to them. I would try and get as much intel. I have a whole video on this and we just did a boot camp on this as well about uh, creating like a project in the beginning of the year that uh, that allows students to tell you about themselves. Um, Finding out all of this information and then looking at what you're doing this year. 
because in the States anyway, we, we call it senioritis. So seniors in high school or it's their last year in high school, you get senioritis, which means you're basically done. Like you've been doing this for 18 years. You don't want to do it anymore. It's completely exhausting. And like you're just done talking about it and doing anything. Um, and once kids get into college, they really stop doing work because now they're like, I already got into a college. I already know I'm going to graduate. Like this is dumb. It's it is helping kids to get ready for what's next, because the real the so-called real world is like five minutes away. Right. It's it might as well be five minutes away. It is so close so everything, when I taught seniors, everything I'm teaching you is how to survive in college or beyond. And in some cases, and beyond. So looking at everything you're reading, you're talking about, you're learning, you're discussing, you're writing is wrapped around this idea of what are we getting ready for after this? Like, this is the last moment. I'm going to teach you some real practical tips on how to survive and thrive in the world after this. That's what I would do. So look, can, like congratulations to you. And if you need anything, um, our Facebook group, if you're not a part of it, you can take that down, um, is a great place to get information, uh, whether it's finding other teachers from Germany, whether it's, um, you know, look, that's the wrong one. There we go. It is uh, a really great place for folks to, to connect with other educators um, and to get advice and tips and tricks and stuff like that, too. I, I dare say we have the greatest Facebook group for educators that exists. I love it. It's a really great group. I'm the only, well, I mean, maybe there's like one other moderator, but he's busy being an assistant principal somewhere and not always in there. So it's really just me. Uncle and Dave. And yeah. And they're really the just savage. It's like not a lot of moderating that needs to happen because it's such a wonderful group and everybody's really respectful and, and kind of just, it's a great place to like just grow and get great info. I yeah. love it. All right. Go and get great info. Yep. Bars. <laughs> Kelly is asking, how do you how do you all balance home life and assessing student work? I teach English. My classes are busting at the seams and I only have eight Chromebooks in my room. I also have two young kids at home. Kelly, I the only way I can do this, there's two there's two answers to this. One, I schedule like like nobody else that I I know. Like there are there are like celebrities or people whose books I've read that do what I do. But like, I don't think anyone does scheduling like we do. We're like literally from it. Most hours of the day are it's like my schedule. Like if you looked at it, it's in it's in my phone. 5 a.m. Wake up every single day. Um, it's doing that it's kind blocked. of stuff. Yeah. Every hour has something. Six o'clock schedule. Seven to seven fifteen is this thing. Seven fifteen to seven thirty is this thing. That's how I roll. I really believe when Jocko Willing says things like discipline equals freedom. So it's car, it's using those, those times in the day. Then the next thing is similar to a similar question I just asked. To do more, we have to be more, right? Everyone, and this is this is annoying. This is a slightly annoying answer, right? Because you hear this all the time. Everybody has the same 24 hours in a day, right? Whether you are a Navy SEAL, whether you're Warren Buffett, whether you're whoever, right? You have the same 24 hours in a day. How do I make that time work for me? Is by getting better at doing life. So when we started ordering dinners last year, right? Like didn't mean my wife didn't have to cook anymore, right? Um, but like, it just meant that she didn't have to do, that was like, there was shopping that was time that was released back 
to, that was given back to us. We paid for that time to get it back. Um, we paid for the time to look up like recipes and all that stuff, right? She bought that back. Um, when it's like, and then wherever I am, I'm just, I'm only doing whatever I'm doing. I am wherever my feet are. So when I'm at school, I have like my school time was blocked out first period doing this during my prep taught these periods. Then I had this prep. There was no chatting and very little, like just shooting the crap with other people that happened. Like, cause I saw you in the hallway and you wanted to just chat for a minute, unless it was strategic. I had a whole period of day that I would go around during the week and mess with people, do silly stuff in the hallway, but that was time was built in. Right. So I was always doing it. Um, and it, but it looked like, it didn't look like I was doing much, but I was, that was actually very meaningful to me. Then when I'm hanging with my kids, I'm only with my kids. I'm never grading papers. I'm never, you know, doing anything else except for that. And so, cause I realized I can't multitask anyway, but that, if you do that, if with even just chunks of your day, you find that there's all this time that opens up. I'll say this week. It does. It's really kind of, I, I. I hate these no answers. The answer, I right? don't, but, but they really we, are so true. When I thought this week, there were multiple days when I got up at five, I had an hour, two hours to work till breakfast, yeah. two hours, 15 minutes till breakfast, um, two hours and 15 minutes. That is praying, meditating, working for two hours and 15 minutes. Then we ate breakfast, sent my daughter off to school. Me and my son went to the gym immediately. I was back home from the gym what did we go to the gym? Like 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So I was back home from the gym by nine. And then by like by one o'clock, I was like, I have gotten so much stuff done today. I can't even believe it. And so that is, but that's how I do it. It is, it is scheduling it and then only being where I am supposed to be right now. I don't do, I'll say this too. And I this is this is not natural for me, but I have to make myself do it. Last thing I'll say. I don't do pop-ins. I don't do last minute plans with people. Um, and let the, it is very, very rare that I do it. So if someone, if it's a Friday and they're like, Hey, do you guys want to like go to lunch with us? Can't do it. I already have, I'm locked and loaded in my schedule already. Like when my brother pops in from California, he's like, yo, yeah. do you mind if I stop by? We can't miss him it. a lot of I times. We missed him last time. I, 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 my life just... is so on purpose right now. This is the only thing I can do. So I think that that just helps give more freedom as much as you can do that and separate things and like categorize and pocket things, compartmentalize. Yes, 100% to what you're saying yes to and saying no to everything else. Yeah. And then getting as much other crap off your schedule. And then knowing that like school is never going to be done, right? Really, it's just never going to be done. At some point, you just have to say like, nope, I'll just, we just keep going and keep chipping away, but you have to put it aside. You can always continue to live your life. But it's like, how long are you going to? you know, will your walking stick for before you start walking? Like, yeah, let's exactly. just do some walking. Yep. All right. Our next question comes from Miss Sage. She's asking, as an introvert, I have a really hard time having energy for my school kids and then still having energy for my bio kid. Yeah. But mainly my husband. My husband usually gets no attention. And she's asking, what little things do you do to make your wife feel seen? Oh gosh, I love this question so much. First of all, I thought she was saying her bio kid, like she taught a kid in biology. and that No, but I paused because I really wanted to insert and say, I kind of love that. Because people always go, they don't know how to differentiate. And they're like, my, my kid, Wait, I told kid. You all my kids are like, Wait, yeah. your school kids are like the ones you made. Right. Um, right. So you always go to the ones I made. Yeah. But I like bio kids. Yeah, that's, that's a bit better. So I, I think um, it is 
I am ultra extroverted. My wife is not. Would you say you're introverted? Yes. Okay. The older I get, the more introverted I am. Um, when I was younger, I was more extroverted. Can I tell people that if they were to meet you, though, you would talk to them a lot and they would never know. Yes. But then that, like, your battery life goes down. Yes. Whereas I meet people and my, I'm, I'm almost like the opposite. We are, I'm like, we are polar oh, we're making opposites. friends? Like, yes. Yeah. So I learned a long time ago that, one, I can't figure it out myself. I have to find out for my wife and my wife has to find out for me what we need from one another. That I remember, like, when we were younger, you would just, like, I'd just, like, wait for you to to implement any, like, like hold my hand. Like, I love, I'm going to tell you right now, people, I'm going to tell you that I love love and I love cuddling. There's not a damn person <laughs> in this house that likes cuddling that my kids not know I cuddle with my dog. So, sometimes I got to tell my wife, you'll be laying on the couch and I go, if I do this, don't, I'm going to tell them that I do this. I can't believe I'm going to do it. This is a new thing. I, I've only done it with the kids. I don't know if I've done it with you. Right? I, no, I walk around like this. Oh, you don't walk around like that with me. I, there, wait, what are you doing? I have this. I have this hug. I got to put this. I got to give this to somebody. And then I hug the kids. <laughs> and they just, it's dumb enough that it, it's how I trick them into hugging me now. Because they're teenagers and they don't really want to hug anymore. But um, it's telling my wife, I need, I need to just lay with you. For 30 seconds. And she's like, all right, all right, all right. Because she gets super hot. She'll just be like, all right, you're I making me too hot. I hate cuddling. Like, I'm like, oh, God, I hate cuddling. Like, <laughs> But, like, if I want to hold hands, if I want to hug, like, I just got to say it. I but, can't okay. just hope you're going to get, like, yes. my hug vibes. And can't, that's, and that's really it. So, like, you really have to talk about what you need. I mean, come on. The older you get in life, the busier life is, the more you got on your plate. I ain't got time to figure out what you need. You just tell me. Tell me what, what about, you need because I don't have time parties. for parties when we were younger and we would go to parties all the time. Yeah. So when we were younger, I had a bit of like, well, geez, I still have anxiety. But I had some anxiety when we would go to like family parties with CJ's family. It's a lot of people, a lot of names. I didn't know everybody. There was a lot of people. I didn't have that big of a family. Um, so it was overwhelming for me. So when we go to family parties, CJ's such a social butterfly. He would just peace out and like leave me be. And like he'd go talking to everybody. And I'm over here in the corner being like, oh, my God. You know, so finally I said, look, I really need your help. I said, you don't have to stay with me. I don't need you to babysit me. Like, but I need you just to check in with me every so often. I was like, don't just leave me for this whole party. Like by myself, like just check in. So it was just about telling them what we need. And I think what I'm saying is that. The older we get, the busier we get. I don't have time to figure out what he needs or he has to but figure out what I need. And we learn that that's even like a look across the yeah. room. Like, like, are you good? Right. Because like it's high or whatever. We've learned how to how to tell each other what we need in every scenario, whether it's just us yeah. personally, whether it's us parenting, whether it's our business relationship, every aspect we've talked about what we need. And we really try and meet each other as best as we can. And then we have grace for knowing that we're still growing and that we're still trying to to be who our partner needs us to be. So I think it's really asking your husband and then implementing, figuring out how to implement some small ways together to, to close the gap. I mean, you can do it in a really yeah. simple way that benefits you and your energy level. Like I love date nights. Cause that's the night that we don't do. I was just going to say, I don't have to cook it's dinner, on the calendar, right? right? But it's on the counter and it's really intentional. And we just did our schedule. And I was like, I got, I have to make dog food now. Like, Every six days. So I'm like, no, dog food making day is on Fridays. So I can like 
be busy in like house and world stuff, but I don't have to make dinner because that's a drain. That's an energy suck for me doing yeah. all of that work in the kitchen. But so then it's, it's just but really then, balancing what each other needs. But then it's on needs. the calendar, right? So it's finding out what you need, um, whether that's time to just talk alone, whether that's time to go to the movies, go to dinner, whether it's romance. Um, but putting that stuff on the calendar, there's no, there's no shame in that game, right? It's like putting it on the calendar so that you know what you're going to do and then you can move forward with your life and... <laughs> You're um, getting teased in the comments about love, your love of love. I love love. I love John love. John so. and Maisha. <laughs> I do. Um, okay. So I got two kids, John. Yeah. Um, Need to make more people to love. Oh my gosh, no. There's a, no, there's a whole other piece of that too about the introversion piece that like, I think it's just worth mentioning real quick. Yeah. Like if you have this much battery life, you need to decide how much you're going to give your students so that you can get my, I got to a point where I, I heard Kevin Hart talk about this and it changed my life. He said, I'll never give my work more time, love and attention than I'll give my students or than I'll give my children. And so I had to start thinking about that. Like, how do I give equal parts? And it's, it's holding back, you know, it's not going in full tilt every single day. It's creating rhythms within the school day that I'm not just constantly gushing well, with and even energy your, and love, but that I can come home and do that with my student, with my children, too. But I think that's even in like setting up what you need for your schedule when you're leaving school. Right. Maybe you take an extra 10 minutes if you can on your drive. Go to somewhere nice that you can sit down and like yeah. decompress for a minute, whatever it is that you need to do for you. But like, I think you can even do it in really small ways. So like fill your battery back up before yeah. like there was a. There's a moment when CJ came home every day that I would like it would drive me nuts. It took so long. And I was like, drive me crazy. But I remember flipping the script about it and thinking, no, that's his time to fill back up. Yeah. It's a positive for him. I would so just like literally come. drive to the river down the street from our house. The Delaware River is right down the street and um, go and pray for 10 minutes um, and just sit there with my car off and like. Whew, yeah. And so I think you can implement even house. small things yeah. to fill you up so you can still give to your family and your husband. Yes. Um, All right. Uh, we're at an hour, but can we do like two more? Yes, because we were very chatty today. Yeah, we we didn't get through very many of these. All right. Julia is asking, hey, y'all, advice for working with a team who constantly wants to steal your lessons. They stroll into my room in the morning and ask what I'm doing today and then ask if I can send them my work. What do you do about that? I mean, I would just go, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy. That's your personality. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Mine's not far off. Um, you do it a little nicer, sweeter, jokier than I, I do. I do it with a smile. Yeah. You do it with a scowl. No, and I, I think both work, depending on your personality. I smile I when I say it. I would not let everyone take my stuff. Here's why. Do I want to share things? Yes. But if you're just not doing work and then I'm picking... This goes back to, to Summer Hayward's question in the beginning, right? If I'm not here to help you have less stuff to do... Now, if we are collaborating, if you want to write lessons together, come up with stuff together, let's go. But to just come in, like you're going to saunter in and be like, what you got? I'd be like, no, like I just made that's like I just made dinner and you don't want to make dinner for your kids. So you're going to come over and see like what we got in the house. I'm like, no. Um, and I would just say, God, you're trying to steal my fire. Like, no, I'm trying to have the best class of the day. Like, you know, like it's my secret go weapon. Make your own lessons. Like I'm not, I'm not here like pet, like giving away free stuff all day. Um, or it's going to cost you what, right? you know, like, like, what do you got? Like, you know, I just almost, it's like, 
Oh, like it's a bar. So absurd. You owe me yeah, one. Yeah, like, what do you got? Like, you going to cover what, classes? You, you are gonna... you doing lessons next week and I'll do this week's lessons? Like, <laughs> like let's figure out a plan. Let's work together. But it has to be, um, like, synergistic. It can't just be all of a sudden, you know, I'm just making stuff for you. I just, I just, look, Julia, it is, and some of this is my, some of this is my personality, right? Like, I understand, like, how I am as a human being, but, like, to some extent. Um, sometimes I still, yeah, but sometimes but... it's just having the uncomfortable conversation yeah. when you need to. And that's about you being able to like recognize if it's a, if it's you, then you just have to man up and have the courage and fi- man up is a term people use. Anymore. Okay. That sorry. Was really gender exclusive. Sorry. Jeez. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but it is, it's, I think that uncomfortable conversation piece is really important. I heard someone say once that your level of success in anything in life is can be directly related to your ability to have and willingness to have uncomfortable conversations. Want to have a great marriage? Learn to have uncomfortable conversations. Want to have better neighbors when they're partying too late? Like behind my house uh, the other night? Learn to have uncomfortable conversations. Like want to have great kids? Have uncomfortable. I have yeah. many. And that's what I mean. Many conversations with my children that are wild. It's not it's not manning up, but it just means that like th- there's no other answer. I it's just I, was I know, but the internet is cruel in the world and you made me be okay. your co-host and now I don't want anybody to think that I really am something other than I'm yeah. not. Oh, okay. we'll <laughs> so, just to clarify, you know. So, that yeah, that's what I would do. I would not give that stuff away to anyone. Um, one last question before we get to that. September 24th, it's going live tomorrow. We are going to put up, um, we're doing a workshop. We're doing heavy, deep, and real on lesson planning 101. How I get all the stuff done in a year that I'm supposed to get done in a year. How I don't lose my mind. How I don't sit there and over plan. How I don't, like I have a very systematic way that I go about lesson planning to get all of it done, to make sure that it's creative, to make sure that it's uh, that I differentiate, to make sure that I am uh, being inclusive of all the different students in my classroom. So we can't cover everything in lesson planning. That would be much longer uh, workshop and we could figure out if those are needed in the future. But it's like basic lesson planning 101, how I get stuff done in a timely fashion. It's going to go live tomorrow. Um, and we are going to do... Uh, that's happening September 24th, which is a Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we pick the day and time based on everyone, what everyone said they wanted. Yep. All right. Let's do last question. Let's uh, do it. Mr. Tran is in the house. Boss. He's What's asking. What's up, buddy? I know. It's been a minute. How do you compa- combat imposter syndrome and the fear that you'll be found lacking slash not good enough? Just started again after being let go and rejected the last three years. So the nerve is real. <sighs> I get this a lot, um, especially when I'm speaking somewhere and I'm like, there's people with like doctorates in the audience and stuff like that, or like they have 10 masters and I'm like a community college student that that's in my mind, right? Like I feel, I feel that sometimes. Um, and you know, even sometimes buddy, when I'm talking to people and like, they, you can read it on their face or like, Oh, you do like YouTube and like, or like you wrote a book, but like, who are you? Um, look, I, I'll, I'll tell you who I am. I, I'm a child of God. Like I, I'm doing, I'm just doing the work I've been given to do. And so the thing that I do is I think that either 
saying affirmations is like I have affirmations on my desktop, daily affirmations. I read them every single day after I pray in the morning. The other thing is I find that my energy destroys any negative feelings. I have to. So I will often um, pray out loud. I listen to certain kinds of music. So before I come on here every Sunday, when I'm setting up the room, I got AirPods in because sometimes my music bothers my wife um, and I'm getting in the zone, right? It is about me corralling that positive energy and like putting so much of it into myself that it's like beaming, it like comes beaming back out. I'm, that's how much I'm putting into it. And so for me, that's part of it. It's really, really like just making myself think that I am who I want to be or who I need to be because your your mind doesn't know the difference, right? Like when you look at the neuroscience, your mind doesn't know if what you're thinking about, what you're imagining, what you're envisioning, what you're meditating on is real or fake. Right. Which is why when I'm playing with the Oculus um, and I am playing the Star Wars game and someone shoots at me like it really scares. I can't I even know it's not even, it doesn't even look real. It's a cartoon. Right. It's animated, but it still freaks me out when I'm playing the climb game on there. It freaks me out. I feel like I'm up high, even though I know I'm not. I'm standing in the middle of my living room. And if I fall, I'm not going to go anywhere because I'm not even I'm, there's nowhere to fall to. I'm already standing on the ground. But that, you know. So when we meditate on, I meditate constantly on before I go give a talk, it's doing great. Before I give a workshop, it's doing great. When I write a book, what it's going to feel like to, to finish the book. It is meditating on what you want, convincing myself that it's real. And then when that those negative thoughts and feelings, when that attack comes, it is speaking out loudly against that and telling myself, this is not true. It is not real. I need to do things in my life that are going to, that are going to, like shine a light on that darkness to make it leave and then um just continually fill myself up and that has had an incredibly enormous impact on my life uh and helps me to have much faster turn not that i don't get in those dark places now i have a much faster bounce back period but when i used to get rocked it could last a week uh it, then it was a few days then it was even a day where it's like your Saturday, we get into an argument. I'm like, crap, man. Like now I feel like shit all day. It is like now it is, I know what I have to do to get back to that place. And then I do it and I go running with it. And so that's how I, that's how I rock that out. Um, We good? Oh, I mean, you know, there's a there's thousand a, questions. We I realize, know. We, you know, I sometimes feel like we should do two of these a week, but um, look, but September 24th, um, you know, we are doing this workshop, Lesson Planning 101 on how to teach your class off. And we are looking at all these things that they're literally, it's the stuff that when we ask the Facebook group, uh, what do y'all want to do? So if you just, if you're not in there already, run over to join our Facebook group. Um, you don't have to run anywhere, just type it in. But uh, <laughs> it is, here's what I'm struggling with. I pulled the things that were the most consistent or that went together. This is what we're doing a training on. It's literally what people are, were asking for. And then we're going to help you through that so that you can have less stress. So you can be excited about your lessons. And so you can spend more time doing other things that are filling you up, whether that's having romance with your husband or hanging out with your kids or, you know, cuddling. If you have someone in your house that cuddles, like, must be nice. Um, so it's doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and then just living, not just, not just being a great teacher, 
but living a really great life as well is what we're trying to do this year. That's the whole purpose of what we're focusing on this year is how do we help teachers to not just teach their class off, but to like live a life that they are excited about, feel fulfilled with, um, and that kind of thing. So that's it, gang. We are, uh, we're out of time. We'll be back here again. Um, Next week, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, bring a friend if you if you got someone that needs it. Um, and if this, if you can't listen to the rest of this, or if you, sometimes it's too long for you, it's available right everywhere that you can get a podcast. Go, so go on to uh, Teacher Talk Radio and anywhere the podcast exists, and you can get everything there as well. And um, that just helps because then you don't have to use your Wi-Fi and stuff like that. But that's it, gang. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>